0: There are angels hovering round. There are angels hovering round. There are a- a- angels hovering round. In the name of a loving, liberating, life giving God, Amen. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves. Like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue, do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything, live the questions now Perhaps you will then, gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Good morning, my beloved friends, and a blessed All Saints All Souls feast day to everyone. Some of you no doubt recognize the almost iconic words I just opened with, they are a short but powerful passage from the Austrian poet Rilke's classic book, Love Letters to a Young Poet, written in 1903. It's a collection of ten beautiful letters written by Rilke to a 19-year-old poet, a poet in the making, needing words of encouragement and an honest connection with someone who has traveled that road of life ahead of him. So why these words today? Why on this feast day of all saints and all souls? Honestly, they hit me over the head, truly. I was rearranging some books this week and this one fell on my head. I picked it up and I remembered this quote and I sat down in the middle of the floor, turned to the fourth letter in this collection, and read these words that I had underlined and highlighted so many years ago. They are words of deep wisdom, no doubt acquired through a life of challenge and disappointment, peaks and valleys, I am sure. They are the kind of words that someone older and wiser offers as a gift to another the kind of words that live beyond the life of any one person. And as I sat and reread them, I thought about today, the day we set aside to honor those who are no longer with us, and that what we remember of them helps shape who we are and who we become. So what is a saint, anyway? I grew up thinking that a saint was a holy and perfect person. A saint was someone like Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Dorothy Day or Martin Luther King Jr., someone whose life exemplified such a sense of selflessness that I could admire them, but I could never emulate them. Well, now I know that I was only half right. It turns out that God may have a way of seeing all of us as saints, blemishes and all. Hold that crazy notion and follow me. A saint in our tradition is someone whose life was lived reaching out towards love. Someone who through her words or actions grew beyond their own defined sense of self and offered the world something more. Someone who modeled for others, a life that reveals love, generosity, service, patience, anger at injustice, compassion for those who suffer, and courage to risk comfort over complacency. At the same time, the Church, in her wisdom centuries ago, somehow figured out that it would be a good idea to also commemorate not just our holy superstars, like the ones that I mentioned earlier, but also all of those who we call the faithful departed. So we have an added day on our liturgical calendar called All Souls Day as well. So this morning, we combine both into one and we stop for a minute to remember everybody and the gift of their lives, all the saints named by the church, as well as all of those who we have loved and are no longer with us. This morning, we remember those lives because they still have a place in our hearts through what they taught us and what they now show us as we live our lives. Today is also a day to symbolically connect us to our future as well. And in our official capacity, we offer the sacrament of baptism during this feast day. And even if there are no baptisms, as is the case for today, we still remember that connection to that sacrament by renewing our baptismal vows in the place of an affirmation of faith immediately following a sermon. So we will do that in just a minute. And when we do, I invite all of us to join together saying these traditional words, even if you are not yet baptized. These words are both an invitation to a life committed to seeking and living out God's love, as well as a confession for our need for God when we make these vows. So now let's turn our attention to the gospel, to those familiar verses from the the chapter we just read in Matthew that we refer to as the Beatitudes. These are powerful and treasured words to many who have found comfort and hope in them over the years. When heard by those our culture has marginalized, they are not only words of solace, but words of strength. These words have become foundational for many faithful followers of Christ. The Jesus portrayed in Matthew is a justice-seeking, equal rights advocator, focused almost exclusively on the plight of the poor and other social outcasts, as well as the proper use of wealth. But as I read and re-read these verses for this Sunday, I wonder if this text gives us more than just comfort and strength. Might these words, especially read through the lens of All Souls and All Saints Day, provide a broader vision, giving us a provocative alternative to our sometimes limited way of looking at and being in the world. How might these words move us towards God's redeeming love, especially today as we stand on the eve of this national election and try to hold at bay all the anxiety that seems to be saturating the airwaves all around us? In a wonderful article years ago from The Christian Century, a progressive, ecumenical Christian magazine, United Methodist pastor Patricia Ferris offers this possibility. She writes, The Beatitudes place our lives in the context of the whole realm, scope, and community of God's love and justice. They are more description than instruction, more report than directive. They compose a litany in which all promises point to the same reality. They turn the world upside down with their shocking promise of hope to the hopeless, comfort to the bereaved, and power to the powerless. They are a powerful antidote to the contrived happiness of consumerism and mindless entertainment of our day. They are good news to God's people, the humble of the earth, the strong of heart, those who take refuge in God alone. So maybe in this way, the Beatitudes can connect us to the souls and saints that have come before and are yet to come as well. These words, while historically giving strength and power to those in literal need, also promise connection for each of us, if we, too, identify ourselves as those who take refuge in God. Day to day, we need refuge, don't we? Day to day, we crave words of wisdom and patterns of living that bring hope and healing, whether from moments when we are poor in spirit, or hunger for a deeper faith, or simply doubting our ability to know and see God in our lives. All I have to do is pay attention to the world around me to see that I, too, need to take refuge in God. So for us, refuge-seeking souls, still wandering around, I wonder how we might connect with the saints and souls of those who have come before. Over the past century, many Christians have expanded the traditional definitions of what it means to be a saint. One of my favorite definitions of a saint was offered by theologian Frederick Buechner in his classic book, Wishful Thinking. He wrote, In his holy flirtation with the world, God sometimes drops a handkerchief, and those handkerchiefs are called saints. Buechner goes on to say that we, the way we know God is to let time stop, and to learn from the person God has placed right next to us. That person just may be God's handkerchief, God's saint being dropped in our lap. The incredible truth of All Saints All Souls Day is that all of us are saints in God's eyes. All of us are holy handkerchiefs, if you will, in one way or another. And as we grow and live our lives day by day, one of the most beautiful gifts that we receive is recognizing how many saints we have bumped into along the way. They are the people in our lives who leave fingerprints on our hearts or deep grooves in our soul, shaping who we are for years to come. For some, these saints come from their family. For others, it may be a teacher, or someone who took an interest in us as a child. These are not just the people who have been kind and generous, but the ones who usually without recognizing it, have had an impact on our very beings long after they are gone. Like Rilke in his 10 short letters written years ago to a young poet offering hope and courage words of truthful honesty. These are the people whose lives help connect others to something greater, deeper, more expansive than we could ever know or experience on our own. And set in the context of the Beatitudes, I remember that they leave holy and sacred marks on us, not because of any kind of achieved perfection. These are the people who have simply lived real lives and in the living of those lives have changed ours. Lives that were more often than not complicated, lives that may have included struggle and sometimes great pain, sometimes hunger and fear, loneliness and doubt, but none of that blocked the light that went through them pointing the way to what they loved so that we could see it too. Each of them loved something. Each of them cared about something. Each of them advocated or worked or fought or prayed or challenged or thought or nurtured something. And it was through that way of loving and living in the world that they transformed something in the lives around them, whether or not they intended. Saints interrupt our lives in a way that leave us forever changed. And so today... We pause to reach back to remember and give thanks. Everyday saints are people who live their lives, point lives pointing to something beyond themselves, to what we would call in our tradition, in our spirituality, God or maybe the source of eternal love. And we who are still here and are now called to do the same for others so that they too can experience that eternal love, that impression of God in their lives, to see that kind of love more clearly. But fear not, you don't have any kind of holiness test that you have to pass or write a great piece of literature to get the job. In fact, what you have to do is simply show up, all of who you are, all of the time, living your best God-given self. The saints are those who in every generation show us God's love affair with humanity. We are lucky to be a church with a long legacy and a rich family history. We have over 175 years of everyday saints who have come before us. It is a wonderful thing to stop for a minute on a day like today and notice the handkerchiefs that God has dropped in all of our laps. This is why the Church celebrates All Saints and All Souls Day. As we renew our baptismal vows today, may we also renew our love for one another, as well as remember the love that we have for those who are no longer here with us. Perhaps the greatest gift we can leave is a willingness to live the questions staying open to what our ancestors may still be trying to teach us in the days to come. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Live everything. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Live everything. May it be so.